Hey everyone, you're listening to the Ask Daryl Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 4, Five Mistakes to Avoid When Designing Your Church's Website. The Ask Daryl Podcast is a weekly podcast where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, break down your questions about church communications. This podcast is part of the Church Communications Network. Check us out at churchcommunications.com. Well, folks, we have a post on the Facebook group that we got from Jonathan Carone. It was about basically whether or not you should use what's known as a carousel or a slider, if you will, on the homepage of your church's website. And it was distinctively this link that he posted basically was like, don't ever do it. And it kind of cracked me up because one, it was a really funny, there's some of the responses we got, but it also made me think a lot of us are making some very basic mistakes on our church's websites. And, and a lot of us don't realize we're making those mistakes. And I will tell you right now, I, I made pretty much all the mistakes I'm about to tell you. I pretty much have made more than once. So I want to help you avoid, help you avoid some of these mistakes that a lot of us just commonly make every day, because honestly, we don't know any better. Cause a lot of us are, we're, we're juggling three or four different hats and we didn't think we'd ever be a web designer, but guess what? For some reason that fell in our lap and this is what we got to do. So let's talk through some of the big mistakes or five mistakes, if you will, that we make when we're designing our church's website. Now, the first one is what from Jonathan, Jonathan posted, which is we use a slider or a carousel on the front page. Now you think, okay, what's a slider or a carousel? That's basically where you have a big giant banner at the top or big image at the top that rotates through. So you may have four or five ads that just kind of slide through each, maybe get five to 10 seconds. And you see this on websites all the time. The issue is, is that research consistently shows that these things don't work. Um, that pretty much people click on the first one if they're interested in it. If not, they don't stick around and wait for the second, the third, the fourth. They typically don't. Um, they typically just get where they want to go and they don't ever really click on it. Now, when we talk about this, we got to ask ourselves, well, why do why people use sliders to begin with? And I think Kenny Zhang um, eloquently said, basically, you do this based on politics. The reason why sliders exist is because you probably got four or five ministries who want their thing to be promoted. They want their thing to be the, you know, they want their thing on the front of the page. And you've got to, all of a sudden, you now you have four or five call to actions you got to put on the front page. Well, how do you do it? Well, a slider is an easy way to solve it. The problem is it doesn't really solve the problem. It actually ends up just creating more problems for you because one, nobody's actually going to click the link. So you're not serving anybody really well. And you've created a bad user experience because now you have multiple calls of action to action on your front page. And so the reality is you've really avoided the hard conversation, which was telling the ministry, I'm sorry, what you're going to do can't be on the front page of the website. You got to find other ways to promote it. Now, again, as I said before, at the beginning of this podcast, these are mistakes that I'm going to tell you that I even made. And we have a carousel on the front of our website. And I would tell you, if we could do it all over again, we would strike that. In fact, the next version of the website we've got, we're working on and we're kind of in the wireframe section for, we're going to kill that. We're going to kill, we're going to kill the carousel because it does not work. It's not effective. I even tracked it to see if it's effective using Google analytics. And I'll be honest with you. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't make the cut for us in terms of being an effective way to communicate on our church's website. So number one is get rid of that slider, that carousel on your homepage. If you can, Mistake number two, and this is again, this is a mistake that I've made, which is you design for the desktop first and then think about mobile. Now, your situation may be a little different depending on how many mobile users you have to desktop in terms of percentage. But for us, uh, every single one of our campuses, because we're a multi-campus church, we have more mobile users than we do desktop users. So we're all over 50% of the people who visit our website are on a mobile device. However, when we designed our current website, we did 
everything in desktop and viewed the whole, all the layouts of the spreads, everything in desktop. And then we thought about the mobile version. We didn't make that mistake when we did our new website for our young adult ministry, Kairos. I think you can check it out, kairosnashville.com. When we thought about the mobile first and then we worried about the desktop. So I think honestly, our desktop experience is maybe a little awkward, a little weird if you go to it. But if you look at a mobile phone, it makes a lot of sense because that's what it's designed for. It's designed for a mobile first experience. So when you're designing, it's going to be hard because you're going to design it on your desktop. You probably will design on a mobile device, but you need to think mobile first. So again, this is not an easy thing to do. I'm trying to figure out how do I train people to think mobile first and when they design things. Um, but you can use various tools. I think Adobe has a tool that maybe I think lets you do that where you create something and you can shoot it over to your phone. There's a couple other tools out there to do that. I think most like Chrome extension type of things. But always be thinking mobile, mobile, mobile first, then design for the desktop. And again, I know that's hard because you're on a desktop, but you got to think that way. The third mistake that a lot of us make is, is that when we make our decisions on what we're going to do on our website, we make them based off a gut or feeling and not objective analytics. In other words, you're not pulling your Google analytics to ask the questions. What are people really clicking on? What are they searching for? What's the information we need to bring to the front that they want? And also what we need them to know. Um, when we built our website, one of the things we did that I think we did well was we basically eliminated everything from the menu that we knew our people were not visiting. People are not going to check that out. So I'm not going to clutter the menu with that. Now that required some hard conversations um, and not great conversations, but they were just like, Hey, we love your ministry. It's a great ministry, but the reality of it is people aren't visiting the webpage. So I could put you on the menu, but the, we know for a fact, the more things I put on the menu, the less chance it's the chance falls that somebody's actually going to make a decision on the menu. So therefore, you know what? We're not putting you on the, on the menu. And that was really hard to do. And so we end up having to put a lot of stuff on the footer. If you go to our website, you'll see our footer pretty big because we're kind of have camp out some stuff. So there were links to it, but we weren't just going to put in the menu because guess what? That was prime real estate that our analytics told us people were not clicking on those things. Uh, a couple of things we would probably go back and redo again is our analytics show us that like, I know we love our staff photos, but honestly, most people don't go past our senior pastor, maybe our executive pastor in terms of staff photos. Uh, so, Hey, we're going to eliminate those next time around. Um, that's just, those are some decisions we're basic, making based off of the analytics. And of course the homepage, uh, homepage is full of, of items that you need to evaluate to turn, to determine what goes where based off of what people are clicking. You can install a heat map. There's a whole bunch of different tools. You can just look at that basically will track clicking for you and help you figure out where people are going. I think crazy egg is one of the tools you can do that is a simple tool that you can install on your website to kind of tell you where people are going, but make sure you use analytics to inform your decisions in terms of what you're putting on your website. Again, we did it for the menu and I think we, 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 we reap the benefits by doing that. Uh, the, the, uh, fourth mistake that people make is, is that often what happens is, is that when you're building a website, you have this want and change, specifically if you're designing for a new website, you want to kind of change the language and you want to kind of be like, you want to think through and kind of go, okay, I'm going to try something new. Or maybe you think this is what it should be called. We called it this all along. Guess what? We should be calling it something else. And I'll give you a prime example for us. We have our member portal where you can basically do online giving our church directory for the longest time. We never called it login or member directory. We just called it giving. So that's what had been up there for like probably five to seven years. And we built a new website. We decided to swap out the word giving for login because that's essentially what you're doing. You were logging into the 
membership portal of the website, if you will. Well, the problem was, was that when we did that, nobody knew where to give. And it was this big fiasco. Even though giving was listed other places on the website, the area they always thought where giving should be was login. And the other problem was we put login right next to the search bar. So people thought when they typed in, they put their email address in the search bar, hit login, they thought they were logging into the website. So that was a huge fiasco for us. We had to go back and rechange that language. So when you're when you're designing a website, make sure you use language that's familiar to your audience. You you can try something new, but incrementalizes over time. Don't do a quick change like we did. And that's obviously where we made a mistake. And then the last one, and this is the one that um, we actually just realized in probably, I would say the last three to four weeks. And that is making sure you, I'm going to use the term lockdown for lack of a better term. Make sure you lock down certain areas of the website so that other ministries can't make changes. Uh, and I say that because a lot of times what will happen is, is you'll build this beautiful page for a ministry. You want to give them access so they can keep it updated and they can keep all the information on their page fresh. But the problem is, is that they can also oftentimes, depending on the platform, go rogue. And we've had that happen a few times where a few of our ministries thought they knew better than us in terms of how to do it. And they end up wiping out a lot of really great work. So this next version of the website, we're going to lock down a lot more things and only have a small section that they themselves can update, probably be like events. But a lot of other stuff we're going to keep locked down because we know if we do that, we're going to provide a better experience down the road for them. And so we're going to, again, we're going to lock it down. I say lock it down. It basically means that, hey, guess what? They're not going to have the ability to access it. They're going to have to come through us to access it and to turn around and change that. Yes, that's cumbersome, but we end of the day, we think it's a better user experience for our people. So that's the fifth one. That's one that we're not going to make that mistake again. We're going to do that again. And when we do our 2018, 2019 launch of our website, that's what we're going to do. So the mistakes, just to recap real quick, are using a slider or a home a slider on your homepage, a slider or carousel. Don't do that. Uh, designing for desktop versus mobile first. Make sure you always design for mobile. Make sure, number three, you always use analytics to inform your decisions. You don't want to do stuff on based on gut or feeling. You want to use some data. The fourth one is, is making fast, hard changes on your language that could really throw your people off, specifically if you've always called something the same thing for a long period of time. So you may want to incrementalize that and do it over a long period of time. And the last, and definitely not least, is, is probably tightening your controls on what people can edit and what they can't edit. Uh, tightening the controls may be more cumbersome for them, but it actually gives you a better user experience because it lets you, who is the communication expert in your church, really make sure that things are done and presented well. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. Also, don't forget, you can check out this content along with lots of other cool blog posts and other podcasts on churchcommunications.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.